Today, we have the extraordinary pleasure of honoring the mission trip. And we have the supreme honor of having some missioners with us. They are going to talk to you in their own words in a minute. But you know, this is a sermon I have to hold forth for a couple minutes. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens with the saints, and also members of the household of God, built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. No longer strangers and aliens, but citizens with the saints. Paul wrote those words in response to the divisions between Jews and Gentiles as they struggled to form a church which could belong to everyone. He wrote to the emerging church in what is now Turkey, but he might have been writing to the emerging church in Indianapolis two weeks ago, or in Mill Valley today, or in Taos in June. The struggle then, as it is now, was between a stable, institutionalized, temple-bound religious practice and a fluid, culturally diverse, wholly adapted, locally interpreted version of that practice. Strangers and aliens. And just as we struggle to leave something good and significant behind us when we leave this earth, so the church in these days is struggling to leave our children and strangers and aliens with something which will tell them about being part of us. Something which will tell them about citizenship with the saints. In today's gospel, we hear about the disciples who are full of the business of making the church. They come to Jesus who tries to give them rest, but they cannot rest in peace because there are so many hungry, homeless, sick people to take care of. The disciples wanted to have a private Eucharist with him, Jesus. They wanted the solace and revitalization of their communion with him. But that is not the most pressing work of building a church, is it? Worshiping and sharing communion is really for us. And it is wonderful. It is nourishing. It is sacred. But it is not really the way that we are going to acknowledge and honor our common membership in the household of God with those people who don't share and don't know about our zest for our liturgical rituals. The point of the gospel is not, I think, that there's no rest for the good, but it is that the way to build a church is to share your food, your sweat equity, and your faith with other people. Today we honor and thank the five young men and two mentors who went in our name to Taos, New Mexico to help build a house. We honor and thank the parents of these young men for holding up to them this story in this gospel, the story of how we are a church in the world, which rests on the belief that we are here to share our resources in the world until the basic needs of every single person is met, because we are all members of the household of God. We are celebrating here today the pouring out of all that it means to be our church and in all that it means to be our congregation in this church into the world through the work of our children. In June, Peter Brophy, Dylan Lang, Luke Sturbino, Bennett Gates, and Matt Sherman went with Willie Van Doren, our youth minister, and Terry Pack, our sacristan and doer of all things, to Taos, New Mexico. In New Mexico, they worked with Habitat for Humanity on what Habitat Taos calls house number 28. New Mexico has the second highest poverty level in the nation. There are only 2 million people there, and just to give you a little sense of proportion, there are 38 million people in California. 
But of those 2 million people, 17,000 are homeless. And in New Mexico, what that means is that most of the homeless people are Native Americans and they are living in open spaces. Not in urban shelters, not in doorways, not in automobiles, in open spaces. So building houses people can afford is a way to engage in the, citizen of the citizenship of the saints and the work of justice for sure. Peter, Dylan, Luke, Bennett, Matt, Willie, and Terry went to Taos and did the hard work of helping to build a house for someone who really needs it desperately. And they are going to talk to you about that a little bit. So, this is Matt. Matt, just tell us a little bit about what it meant to you to go to Taos. Um... It meant a lot to me to go to Taos because seeing like the poverty and everything that was going on there, it was it was a real good experience for me. Yes, you agree? Uh, well, it was completely different than Marin and California. You know, the style of the buildings, how far they were spread apart. You know, every five buildings here would be two buildings next to each other in Taos. So, and they were all made of adobe, and nothing's made of adobe, and the culture was completely different. Um, you know, and the geography, of course, you know, mountains everywhere, desert, it was, you know, I th for that, that was a, you know, good experience for me to see the different types of culture there. And can you just tell us what you actually did? Um, like the actual, so, I did a lot of drywalling and um, kind of putting the house like in frame for the final decoration of it. Uh, Dylan? Um, I did like trimming for the, you know, for the rooms, um, door frames, some drywalling. Uh, we mixed cement, you know, that, that kind of stuff. <laughs> Lots of sheet rock. Um, so I know you probably can't see the pictures very well from there, but this is going to be a coffee hour. I just want to say a few words about it. Um, so first of all, one of the highlights, I think, for Dylan on the work was making the trim for the front door. So there's a picture of him doing that with Peter. Also, we have Matt and Bennett applying some concrete to the outside of the house. And I included some pictures from last year's trip. We actually worked on the same house last year, as you may know. Uh, so last year we got to frame the house, which was very fun, taking it from just a concrete slab to the, the framing of the walls. So there's a picture of that last year when we were done with that. And then if you look at this, this is this year's picture. So you can see the walls are done, the house is much further along. Um, so that kind of gives you a sense of the progress there. Um, so yeah, please take a look at this at coffee hour. Feel free to ask us any questions then as well about the experience. There's also a picture here of us down at the Hot Springs, which was one of the, the highlights, certainly. Did you guys have fun on the trip? Yeah. yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, Peter Brophy described it as a blast. He actually wrote a little bit. I'll read what Peter said about the trip. So, yeah, unfortunately, three of, out of five of our youth were out of town. <laughs> um, but Peter, Peter sent some words for the occasion here. Um, he says, I chose to go on the mission trip for a second time because last year taught me so much about the tough lives of other people. Last year taught me that if everybody gives up a little bit of their time to help someone in need, everyone's lives will be better. And he said, this year was a blast. 
Um, partly just bonding with the group, uh, the five, five youth had a whole lot of fun together. He says, we all bonded and learned to work as a close team. I would recommend going on a mission trip to anyone and everyone because it is such a fulfilling experience which happens to be a ton of fun. And Peter went straight from his high school graduation in the morning to the airport to come on our mission trip. Um, so he's really committed to this after going last year and he wants to go next year after his first year of college, which we're thrilled about. Um, so I could say a few more words about this. I could say a lot more words about this, but I'll keep it short. <laughs> um, uh, one, one thing about the mission trip is it's an amazing opportunity to reflect on faith and, and to live it. Um, and one thing that always comes to mind when I do these mission trips, I've done five of them now, um, is this whole notion in our faith about the kingdom of God. So in the Lord's Prayer, we pray that kingdom come. And on the mission trip, you feel like you're participating in that in such a tangible way. First of all, in the obvious way, you're making a house for someone who really needs it, which profoundly changes someone's life. Um, but there's a lot, also a lot of other levels to it, and one of which is just the community between all of us who are there. Um, I was very impressed with these guys, how they got along with each other, how hard they worked. Um, their parents were like, I hope, I hope they didn't give you too much trouble. They didn't give me any trouble, actually. You guys made my job pretty easy. Um, but they clearly were having a good time and were very into the service part of it as well. These guys worked really hard. Um, so there was a kingdom of heaven element between us. And one thing I tried to really encourage the guys to do is recognize that we are a unit and we're building a community here for this week between each other. And so everyone's attitude and everyone's energy it really has a big effect on the, the unit, the feeling that we have together as a community. So obviously as the leader, it's my job to set the tone, but everyone sets the tone. And I just commend these guys for doing such a good job of being positive the whole week. Um, and just sort of a final comment on that. One thing that a mission trip can do to you is once you come back into your normal life, you really bring lessons from it. And I think for me, part of the lesson is on the mission I'm in such a mentality to serve and to make sure these guys are doing well and to just kind of set that positive tone that all the normal little things that might aggravate me or take my mood up and down I'm just like not paying attention to those things and those things seem really trivial in comparison um, to the bigger purpose we have together so then coming back into my normal life I realize yeah those things are pretty trivial um, so just trying to stay grounded in this commitment to participating in the kingdom I think the mission can kind of give you a charge in that way. It can really inspire you. So I very much recommend the mission to anybody. Um, we're going to go back next year. We really like working with Habitat Taos. Um, I think that's 99% the plan at this point. So I just want everybody to know that all of you are welcome to join us. There's no limit on how many people can come. No age limit. You've got to be at least 14. There's no upper limit. So uh, thank you for listening to our presentation today. And please give these guys a hand. They did a really good job that week. So. I talked to Cynthia Arvidson, Aridson, sorry, who is the executive director of Habitat for Taos, and I'd just like to tell you in the last few minutes what she said when I asked her to tell me about the work of our volunteers. She said, I worked for a large corporation for 22 years and I've never heard anyone say in a positive manner, this experience changed my life. I've been working for Habitat for Humanity Taos for four years now, and I've heard at least a dozen people say that. And this is after paying a per-person donation, driving or flying there, sleeping on floors, working their tails off for four days, sometimes in really cold snow or really hot temperatures. 
It makes me cry every time. I just can't imagine people doing this for someone they don't know. And that's the thing, isn't it? Peter, Dylan, Luke, Bennett, Matt, Willie, and Terry did it for someone they didn't know. No doubt they wanted to have time off in the beginning of the summer. No doubt they wanted to have time to have fun with their friends and sleep in their nice beds and whatever else they wanted to do. But something, something they learned here in their families and in their church, something they felt in their souls about sharing their lives with strangers and aliens, sent them to build a house in Taos for somebody they didn't know. Along the way, though, they touched everybody. Their hard work and their obvious sense of themselves as agents of social justice inspired and touched people. This is certainly the way that these young men and their leaders became the icons of Christ in Taos, New Mexico. This is certainly the way that this congregation united itself and its resources with strangers and aliens. I am so pleased for the chance to celebrate them today. It's my profound hope that we will allow the work of Peter, Luke, Bennett, Dylan, Matt, Willie, and Terry to sink deep into our hearts and take root there so that in this next year, we will look at the strangers and aliens around us as our next friends in this church. I am proud to be a church with these wonderful people who went to Taos. They are the best hope of sustaining the church when we are no longer here, and they are already walking with the saints. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley dot O-R-G. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.